episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll and sb nation lakers community you can follow us over at lakers sbn or you can check our work over at silverscreenandroll.com. it has been non-stop over there for the past 28 hours or so i know because i've been writing uh i am joined today by uh a new host of can you dig it it's it took a, a few days, and I really only told him today. Uh, <laughs> we got the paperwork sorted out within within a few hours, and I'm happy to have him aboard. Jacob Rude may know him from his early work with Lakers Outsiders, now with Lonzo Wire, along with myself. Uh, Jacob, I am so happy that you are replacing my fallen son, Grant, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be a good time. I have huge shoes to fill, um, but... <laughs> I, I'm I'm already going to apologize now. I'm not going to have the photoshops, the Photoshop skills that uh, Grant had, but not many people do. So hopefully I can make it up to you guys. Yeah, I know uh, Pete's trying to get into Photoshop. <laughs> so I saw Lakers. that. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> somebody called him something the other day. He the somebody called him the something of Photoshop. Yeah, Alex Caruso of Photoshop. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, which is perfect. That's he told me that was probably his favorite nickname he's gotten. Um, <laughs> no shortage of stories to talk about. Um, and it feels like it happened so long ago, but it did happen like yesterday. Magic Johnson resigning from his position as president of basketball operations of the Lakers. And I think when the news came out, I think it was Bill Orham that tweeted it, that Magic Johnson was calling an impromptu press conference. The first thing I told Harrison Fagan, uh, my boss, is uh, I guess Brian Shaw's coaching the last game tonight. They couldn't wait yeah. to do it until after the game, so that's what's happening. And then the bomb dropped that Magic Johnson just wasn't happy anymore, so he quit. Which, you know, by the way, everybody would love to do that. How many people have thought <laughs> about just walking into their job and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going home. Uh, but not even that going into your just not showing up to your job and telling like somebody else to tell your boss that you're not going to come in. Yeah. Just have a, just go on Periscope and say, Hey, if you're wondering why I'm not at work, here's why that was basically just going on Facebook and writing a status. I'm not going into work and then tagging your boss. in it. That that was insane to me. And I think the my favorite part about all of that was that he was like, yeah, I'm just going to see Jeannie. We're going to see each other. and We're just going to give each other a big hug. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? You just quit your job without telling your boss and not just your job, but the job that her late father, the great Jerry Buss, wanted you to have, who on his deathbed said, I would love for you and Magic to run the Lakers one day. It's absolutely insane. But quality content <laughs> it seemed like it was out of the twilight zone like the whole press conference because like he just like 
like that whole just the whole idea that he just showed up and quit and he's like laughing and joking and like oh genie's probably me and genie are probably gonna cry about it and it's like what is happening like is is this a real life like it was the most bizarre like i had the same thought you did when bill Orm tweeted like magic's having an impromptu press conference i'm like are they really going to fire Luke after he just did the press conference? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the, I mean, the, from that point over the last, I guess it's only been 28 hours. It feels like two weeks. Um, it's been a bizarre, <laughs> bizarre day in a couple hours. What a weird way to end the year. <laughs> and I, I feel the the press conference went on forever too. Like it was like know, a forty five minute press conference, the first one. <laughs> LeBron James was supposed to do his exit interview before the game yesterday in in the locker room, but that got derailed by Magic Johnson just talking everybody's ears off about <laughs> being in meetings and thinking in his head. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I can't believe – yeah, it's it was clips like that where, like, what is he doing? Does he understand the gravity of the decision he just made? Like, I, I don't think he does, and I think that's kind of why he left, is that he just never understood the job that he had. I think he went into it thinking, like, listen, I'm Magic Johnson. Everything I touch turns into gold. And in his defense, he had every right to feel like that, with the exception of – his failed TV career, everything Magic Johnson has done has been, he's been so good at. And he even had a good start to his career as a Lakers executive by pulling that Lou Williams trade like out of thin air within 24 hours of him being a general manager. Um, He had that great draft with Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Thomas Bryant. Uh, But it feels like everything he's done since then, uh, you know, hasn't been great, and is part of the reason why Lakers fans aren't that sad to see him go. He, I mean, I think you said it best. He didn't r- realize what he was getting himself into. Um, if life was just recruiting LeBron James and sitting back and watching the team have success, then he would have been all for it. But I think he realized the hard way. Um, and I, I've had a couple friends who aren't Laker fans ask me what in the hell is going on, at, thinking I have some type of answer. I don't, but <laughs> the, my best guess is that he just, especially this season, once he landed LeBron, like the idea of failure never, um, just never crossed his mind. And right. once it got to the end of the year where he was going to have to start accepting blame i mean people were already the hit pieces were coming already Mm -hmm. um he was gonna have to make a decision on luke he was gonna have to make a lot of really tough decisions uh he realized that this isn't the job that he wants uh he doesn't like being the bad guy um and i mean i said it last night on twitter at one point he was clearly unhappy in that regard, I commend him for getting out of it. Right. Holy crap, he could not have done this worse. Like this <laughs> is this is the worst way he could have handled this. Yeah. My my friend uh, Ryan Cook, um, one of my buddies from high school, he tweeted, "It's like divorcing your wife because you can't cheat anymore. It's like that. That's all it was. It's that he he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't happy." Um, 
which I get. I th- I think he made the decision Byron Scott was too proud to make, and that was I need to get out of here before my legacy in this organization's ruined forever. And that's still entirely possible. I think it's really hard to touch Maddie Johnson's legacy uh, because of his incredible story uh, with HIV. Um, you know, uh, obviously his career as a player, his career as a businessman and the way he's helped, um, you know, urban cities, things like that, things of that nature. It's really hard to touch Magic Johnson's legacy, but boy, did he come close <laughs> as a Lakers executive. And we, we might not have even seen the last of it because I believe it was Tanya Ganguly of the LA Times uh, that mentioned that little nugget in her story that, you know, part of the reason Magic Johnson might have resigned uh, was the question asked uh, was if he had any fear about the yet to be published ESPN story about his uh, conduct with during his time with the Lakers, Um, you know, whether that had any factor into his decision. He said no. But if it's that bad, I'd like to see that story. There's been a lot of murmurings about this story, whatever it's going to be. Um, There's just a lot of things. I mean, he probably preserved his legacy simply by landing LeBron, which might have just been, I mean, at this point, seems like just right place, right time. Right. Um, But, yeah, he did get out probably in the nick of time to – to still be considered kind of one of the franchise's um, key figures, and but yeah, it's for now, as you said, because there's been a couple murmurings about this story, and if it's as bad as a couple, as people are leading on to be, um, it may not be all sunshine and roses, which it hardly is now, but right. I, I think right now without that story here, it'll, it'll take a couple weeks, couple months, but we'll kind of move on past this and still look at magic in a positive light. Um, I am interested to see what this story is though, because there's been enough people talking about it, enough kind of high ranking people talk about it that, um, I'm interested to see what it is because, yeah, we've all kind of heard things. He was an absentee kind of guy, president. He wasn't in the office. He wasn't – he didn't really take the job seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just to that extent, I don't think I'll be too upset, but I wouldn't imagine there'd be this much kind of murmurs about it if that was all it was. I completely agree. Um, so for now, we have to talk about the stories that are out there. And the biggest bomb that was dropped today that I think a lot of people weren't expecting, um, or at least I uh, maybe I shouldn't say weren't expecting, they were hoping wasn't the case, is that Rob Palenka is unlikely to be canned from his current position, uh, which is not great. Uh, So Ramona (laughs) Shelburne reported today, and I quote, the team is still assessing Johnson's decision but general uh, manager Rob Palenka will stay in his job. And if anything, his power will grow. Um, that doesn't sound great. Uh, especially initially it didn't sound great. Cause my immediate thought was, Oh no, Jeannie bus is going to give Rob Palenka that covered it, coveted basketball operations, general manager role that very few people in the NBA hold Mitch Kupchak being one of them with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, 
But as the day went on, it appears that Rapalinka is only going to have more power for the time being because Magic Johnson's just not there, which is great. Best case scenario, because if anything I've heard about Rapalinka this season as an agent and as an executive uh, is true, Rapalinka should have as little to do with the Lakers organization as he can going forward. Maybe it's just uh, <clears throat> wishful thinking, but yeah, I even when the report initially came out, <clears throat> excuse me, even when the report initially came out, I uh, I just kind of assumed it would be he has more power now. They're not gonna do anything kind of urgently, and they will um, kind of assess things from there. I mean, here's the deal: if they do hire someone from outside which is a question in and of itself right. for the, the president position, they're probably not going they, – they want their guy in there working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be – I would be very surprised if Jeannie and the Lakers went into the negotiations with these presidents saying, well, Rob has to stay. Right. Um, there's no connection there that there might have been with other people. So – I mean, I think I interpret it the way, and like you said, as the day went on, Ramona kind of, I don't want to say walked it back, but yeah. um, I mean, to that degree, she said he's in charge now, which is fine. Um, it's kind of what I'd expect, but for now, it's fine. If they do kind of do an external search, as they should for the president, I'd be very surprised if he stayed. Um, he did nothing. He's done nothing these this year and a half or, or however long it's been to kind of prove his worth. He's a very much a replaceable GM. And if that's the case, then the new guy is going to want his guy in there to work with him. So, but yeah, I mean, if, if it is as bad as the report made it seem, then he's going to be elevated. <laughs> the, the thing that surprised me most and the reason I think a lot of people thought uh, Rob Polinka would be gone is that Magic Johnson during that long-winded press conference yesterday had said, like, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know Rob Palenka until mm-hmm. Genie Bus linked us two up, which I did not know. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, because Magic Johnson's the president of basketball operations, hiring a general manager of his own would be part of that job, but apparently not. Uh, and the fact that Palenka wasn't Magic's guy – and is Genie's guy, I think, changes things. Uh, it probably means Rob. It probably means Rob's going to be around a little longer uh, than a lot of fans would hope. But that being said, it it all d- does depend on whether or not they bring on bring in the outside that outside guy. And I'm not sure they do because you look at the history of the organization and the way they filled out positions. I mean, just at the head coach position. You had Luke Walton, Byron Scott, um, who was there before that? Mike D'Antoni, who wasn't a Laker, but you get where I'm going with this. There's been a lot of former Lakers uh, that have filled vacancies within the organization. Kurt Rambis is still with the organization, as is his wife, Linda, who is kind of Jeannie's number two, her consultant, her confidant. Um the the Lakers love that whole Lakers family thing. And I think that's held them back 
uh, more often than it's pushed them forward. And with this president of basketball operations, general manager, what do you, whatever you want to call it, there are so many qualified candidates out there right now looking for jobs. And not only that, not only the people that are available, but you look at the people around the organization um, and we're seeing reports that people would leave their current jobs mm-hmm. with their organization to run the Lakers who are among the most desirable destinations in, in all of the NBA, not just because of their geographical location, which obviously that plays a huge part living in Los Angeles, but they have LeBron James, a buttload of cap space. Um, I think the, no bad contracts unless you want to count Luol Deng stretch provision. That's the only dead money they have on their books. Um, it, it's not a bad situation to be in. It, yeah, I mean, the idea, I mean, there were a couple people I saw today that were talking about how the Lakers would have such a um, hard time finding someone. People would line up for this job. There, the list of people who wouldn't take it is much, much, much shorter than those that would. Right. Like, I, R.C. Buford and, like, maybe Masai are, like, the only two I could think of offhand that wouldn't leave their current job to be in this position. And not just because it's the Lakers, which plays a, some role in it, but mm-hmm. as you said, you have LeBron James for multiple seasons guaranteed – a heck of a young core, a ton of cap space to kind of mold the team however you see fit, and no bad contracts. I mean, $5 million dead money. I think it's yeah, it's $5 million of dead money um, from Lou Alding's stretch is not a bad contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a particularly um, appealing situation. Um but I also have not gotten my hopes up at all because, as you said, this isn't an organization that's hired from outside the, the quote-unquote Laker family for, I mean, really since they fired Mike D'Antoni, it's like they kind of cocoon themselves in. And, right. And it's it's infuriating that they slice the, the job market or the available applicants basically um, more than just in half because they almost require them to be a a former Laker. The hope is that this all blew up so badly for Jeannie that she realizes she needs to just find the smart people to do it and not friends and not former Lakers and not um, anything like that, not family. Yeah. That's what you'd hope. I don't know. I mean, Jeannie, I don't know. It's been a really frustrating season for that regard because – um, just for we keep doing the same things over and over, and she keep, she's made a lot of the same mistakes over and over, and it's just like, when are we gonna learn? Um, so to me, uh, and I've said it a couple times, I don't expect the, them to hire someone from the outside. To me, your biggest, your best hope is that they promote one of Joey or Jesse Bus or Ryan West. Um, into the president position, or they promote Palinka to that and make one of those guys GM. Um, I'm not optimistic about it, just because 
it would it, it would be the Lakers doing something they haven't done, um, which I I hope that's the case, but um, they've done nothing to s- signify or indicate it would be. And I think the thing that's really understated in all of this is just how fast the Lakers have to get all of this done. Yeah. Because the draft is in June, right? Yeah, late June. Yeah. Um, the NBA draft lottery is in May, which, I mean... Uh, who, who are they going to send to the draft lottery now? Because I, I kind of thought it. Yeah, I kind of thought it'd be Magic, but uh, I don't even know who they send there now. I, I hope I would. I would think it's LeBron, but LeBron oh, is also going to be, I think, so far removed from everything basketball for just he's, a few months. He's definitely going to be in Italy during the draft lottery, right? And or filming Space Jam Two, whichever comes first. Um, so I don't think LeBron will be there. Huh. I, you can't send James Worthy again. He's already went once. I'd feel terrible sending him again. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad. I, I met uh, James earlier this season when I went to visit Spectrum Sportsnet, and, man, I commend that guy because he's, he's such a good sport, even mm-hmm. when he really, really does not want to be. Like, he mm-hmm. loves his Lakers so much. Um, and you can tell it, like, genuinely paints him to watch them lose games, like, in a way – I don't know if a lot of former players feel that way, but James Worthy loves loves the Lakers. Shout out to James. Um, you, you know, it'd be hilarious. It would never happen, but if they sent Kobe, Kobe would never do it. But. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Uh, boy, that's a good one because they need they need to send two representatives, right? Because one of them, somebody goes in the room with the lottery balls to make sure the whole thing isn't rigged. And then somebody's outside awaiting the results. So I, I think Magic and Rob did that last year. So I would assume Rob would be the one inside. Yeah. Maybe huh. it's just Jeannie. Man, that'd be a really bad look, though. I don't know that she's going to want to go out on national TV that soon because the draft lottery is like in a month. Yeah. Uh, it's early May or mid-May. So I don't know who they'll send now. That's going to be – that'll be – I don't even. Yeah, that's, that's going to be odd. I can't even say one of the young guys because I'm not sure. Well, actually, you know, the draft lottery, none of them would have been shipped out by then. Because, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe one of the young guys. Anyway, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a former player that would even be worth sending, like Sasha. Shaq, Shaq, and Shaq. Yeah. Oh man, that would be incredible content too. Um, getting a little off topic though. Uh, the draft is in June. The draft lottery is in May. Uh, they need a president of basketball operations or at least some sem- semblance of stability in the front office. Um, so these interviews need to be, start being conducted sooner rather than later, like tomorrow, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's the hope, I um, at least with that position. And that's just that position you look at you know the, it was also announced today that they got rid of their athletic trainer marco nunez who was only with the team if if i'm remembering correctly roughly three years which is crazy because i mean that's that's their big resolu- uh, resolution that the reason their players were getting so injured was because of the athletic trainer i don't know if that's exactly true uh but you know I guess there's only one way to find out. Yeah, I was going to say, they're going to pin a lot on him, I would imagine. Um, 
and you could kind of hear the rhetoric already that they've all been talking about the injuries. And, I mean, it's hard to blame them. I'll, I'll try to pull it up here. I was manually keeping track of the injuries. Um, about midway through the season, I realized how ridiculous it was getting. I want to say it ended up being 218 man games missed yep. this year. Um, that It did include Beasley being away with his family, but even then it was over 200 games or right at 200 games missed simply due to injury. Um, it was – I mean, injuries were certainly a huge factor in this team. Uh, 219 games missed, there were – eight people that missed at least 10 games this year. Um, yeah, so, I mean, injuries were a huge part. I just hope the Lakers don't kind of cop out and use that as the uh, the excuse for their problems, which I guess won't be the case because they're going to have a new voice in there that hopefully will be a little more upfront with them and tell them that they built a really flawed team. But, um, yeah, I mean – Injuries are certainly a problem. I think it was best for everybody that um, he move on and the team move on and go somewhere else. Because how, how bad is that? Because I feel the same way about Luke. I, I don't think Luke's going anywhere in the immediate future. I think they actually might keep him around for next season. Um, but if Luke was let go by Magic Johnson yesterday, like many had expected him to, my I mean, Magic shot. basically alluded to it. That right, yeah. Happen, but yeah. He's, he said, like, I didn't want to be the one to basically ruin somebody's life. And it's just like, yeah. oh. Um, I I think with Luke, if they would have let him go, my initial reaction would have been, you know, thank God. Put the guy out of his misery. He's uh-huh. he's he's had He's been on his hot seat all season. And he's probably been waiting for the last game of the season, whether it was, uh, you know, in the postseason, the regular season, whatever. Whenever the their final buzzer on the season sounded off, Luke Walton's immediate thought must have been like, well, got to start searching for a new place or a new job. Um, well, he and, probably thought that at the second to last game of the year, the last game of the year. I'm not sure what he thought after <laughs> Magic left. And do do we do we think Luke's sticking around? Uh, I'd be surprised. He already survived one regime change. Because um, he was he was part of, although he didn't speak, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but he and Rob conducted the exit interviews today and let the guys know, you know, you know, exit interview stuff, what they need to work on, what they what they liked. So it seems like he's still very much involved in the process and the organization and magic. Part of magic leaving was him saying, I didn't want to make Jeannie choose between me and Luke. So if he made that decision for her, um, I don't know. I think it's possible. Luke is, is around for at least another season. I mean, I do anybody who's, followed me on Twitter knows that I'm pro Luke. Uh, right. I think a lot of this isn't his fault. He was handed an incredibly, like I said, an incredibly flawed roster. Um, and from, I don't seven games into the year, whenever magic yelled, yelled at him in their meeting, basically from that point on, he's had to look over his shoulder wondering if this is the game he's been going to be fired. Um, so, 
for Luke's yeah, for Luke's sake, by the end of the year, I wanted him to be fired just so he could get away from this. Um, <laughs> at this horrible. point, yeah, yeah, it is. It was it had to be a horrible working environment for them. Um, at this point, I don't know. Like, there's the suggestion that Bob Myers could be the new president coming in. If it's somebody like that, I could see them keeping him. Um, maybe even. I don't. I was gonna say David Griffin, but I don't know that he would keep him. But I mean, if they promote from within and it's one of the buses or Ryan West, I would think that they would keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, if, his, if Griff his, came his, along, I'd just imagine them building Lakers East or sorry, Cavs West. Yeah, and, and, uh, and hiring Lou Ty in. Lou. Yeah, probably hiring Ty Lue. So I would say his job, the chances of him coming back are greater today than they were at the start of yesterday. And I think he knew that. I think he knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what a bizarre situation for him. I mean, yeah, like we said, Magic straight up said that he was going to have to fire Luke. Woj and a couple other outlets were reporting all the coaches expected to be fired. Mm. And then Luke Walton outlasted Magic Johnson. <laughs> I, like, saw somebody, I saw somebody tweet, and I don't remember – who tweeted it? I wish I did. Uh, that Luke Walton outlasting Magic Johnson is like uh, Kevin Love outlasting Kyrie Irving and LeBron James in Cleveland. It's just like <laughs> nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, to, to your point, so you mentioned uh, the Lakers uh, being in the mix with Bob Myers, and there's nothing that's been reported that you know, they've made an offer that Bob Myers is even interested, but you posed an interesting question on Twitter today that I'd like you to pose to our listeners, uh, because I think it's, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. So I I was just talking with some friends and we were talking about whether Bob Myers is really that realistic. Um, and we were talking maybe that there would have to be a trade, um, between the the Warriors, maybe the Warriors realize that they're going to lose them, and they say, "Hey, we'll trade you, or would you do the 11th pick for Bob Myers, and then they would get Bob Myers on his current contract, and it would save them some money." Um, so yeah, I get. I asked on Twitter, "Would you trade the 11th pick to get Bob Myers?" Um, which I personally would do in a heartbeat. Yeah, I I I tend to agree that. I think when you have somebody like that, somebody like Bob Myers, who is proven, uh, who has built one of the greatest basketball teams of all time, uh, obviously not without the help of Jerry West, who is now with the Clippers doing his own thing. Um, Bob Myers would be such a good fit in L.A. Like we always Mm -hmm. talk about reviving Showtime. And Bob Myers would be like the Pat Riley's of of executives like he is right now in Oakland. Um, And the whole reason people are linking him to the Lakers is that Marcus Thompson, Mark Stein, Zach Lowe, all these guys have said, and I'm going to use the Zach Lowe quote because he's the first person I saw say it. Uh, He says, I think Bob Myers is a name that will come up. I've heard it and speculated for years that if there is one job that could Bob Myers that could get Bob Myers out of Golden State, it's the Lakers. He went to UCLA. Plus, everyone likes to live in Los Angeles. That last part, I don't know if it's true. I mean, that's this—that's the same 
logic people use with the Lakers being favorites to sign free agents. And I don't know if that's as much of a draw anymore, unless you're Kawhi Leonard, uh, who apparently doesn't like living in the cold. Toronto's beautiful, by the way. <laughs> I've been, and I love it there. Well, also, uh, Bob Myers is living in California already. Yeah, so right. North, Northern California, which you can argue, as far as the weather goes, is a little bit better, uh, at least during the summer, because, boy, I think it hit 90 over here for the first time in a little while the other day, and I was absolutely miserable. Uh, back to our original point, though. Um, Bob Myers would be so great for the Lakers. I just don't know why on earth the Warriors just wouldn't write him a like, give him a yeah. blank check and say, you know, fill it in, write whatever your number your heart desires. Which, I mean, maybe that's simply just, just like how it, the free agents do during the summer. Bob Myers' team could just be using this as leverage, right? Um, because yeah, I don't see a situation in which they don't just write him a blank check. Um, and whatever the Lakers offer, they'll match it. Um, the only possible thing I could foresee being is if he has some type of inkling Kevin Durant's leaving. Um, and, I mean, if that's the case, that cap sheet's going to get real ugly here in a couple years for... Golden State because they're going to have to max Clay, which is fine, but when they have to max Draymond next year, um, that's going to get real ugly and that team's going to decline, mm-hmm. um, whereas he could go to L.A. where it's a whole bunch of young guys and he can, like I said, he can pick how he wants a team to be made. Um, but that even that's a stretch um, because he has a team right now I mean, right now he has a team that's the favorites to win the title, and I think even if Kevin Durant leaves, they're still one of the favorites instead of the runaway favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you see that Curry, who has played out of his mind this season, I think yeah. the one thing that's hurt me about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors is that I think Curry's gone a little underappreciated ever since Durant joined. Because my God, is he good at basketball? And I don't know if this is a spicy take. I'm sure it is. But Steph Curry has been in my top five for the past three years already. That guy is absolutely nuts. Steve Nash was the starting point guard in my top five, which I think is a more controversial take than anything. <laughs> but Steve yeah. Nash is my favorite player uh, of all time. And uh, and he's, he's like, kicked uh, – Steph Curry's kicked Steve Nash off of that boat for me. So uh, he is so – so good. And I think as long as you have him on the team, they're favorites to win almost any playoff series. Yeah. There's almost warriors fatigue with that team. Um, but yeah, I mean the situation as good as it is in Los Angeles, there's never been a situation like what they have in golden state. So the first thing I thought of when I saw that is that Bob Myers is team was getting out ahead of this to try to get a bigger contract. Maybe that's just a cynical way of looking at it, but I think it's um, a real it's a realistic way to look at it, I'd argue. Yeah, so it'd be it's a fun scenario to picture, but boy is it a long shot and there's just so many things that would have to uh so many hurdles they'd have to clear for them to make that work. I it'd be it's fun to think about, but I I'd be very, very, very surprised if he were the, the Lakers president. 
And another name that's been throw out, thrown out that I think we can put to bed pretty quickly is Jerry West. Um, and Jerry West is going to be a free agent this summer because mm-hmm. I didn't know this, uh, but his contract was only for two years and it's expiring this summer. And obviously Jerry Buss, no, sorry, Jerry West, um, when it comes to team building, very few people have done it better. And having him with the Lakers would be fantastic. But his relationship with the Bus family um, isn't the best. I don't see him returning uh, and putting himself back in that situation. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. With, without getting into too many specifics, I, I think it's a safe bet that Jeannie Bus wouldn't welcome Jerry West back to the Lakers with open arms. Yeah, and I agree completely. He's been – it's not been a very cordial relationship um, from either side, really. So, it, again, another fun name to think about. Um, but, yeah, I would say the only West that's going to be – that's an option for us is Ryan West. Which would be phenomenal, by the way. I, I welcome that, and that's probably my preference is just Jesse and Ryan running the ship from here on out. Uh, but I saw somebody on Twitter say today that like Jesse and Ryan are so good at the jobs already that they might as well get somebody that already has ex- experience in the front office uh, to do that job. So who knows who it's going to, uh, who it's going to be, but hopefully it's somebody that one is experienced and two doesn't have a history with the Lakers. So the exit interviews, Lakers exit interviews were on Wednesday and I don't want to say to no surprise because I think I was expecting somebody to to walk up to the mic and address exactly what the hell happened yesterday. Um, but Luke Walton, Jeannie Buss, nor Rob Palenka talked at exit interviews today, which I thought was pretty terrible. Like, that's just really bad optics on their part because I'd understand if – you have like a Kobe Bryant on the team, some guy that's been with the team for 15 years and can speak on behalf of the organization saying like, you know, we're all a real big family and sometimes families fight. And Kyle, to, to Kyle Kuzma's credit, he stepped up to the plate and hit it out of the park when he was tasked with, or when he was asked those questions. Uh, so credit to him, but it shouldn't be his burden to bear to answer questions as to why the organization that he's only been with for two years is such a mess. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised. (laughs) I wasn't surprised. I was disappointed. I'm the father here. (laughs) Um, I mean, I wasn't surprised on one hand. I mean, I can kind of understand 12, a little more than 12 hours, 15 hours before, these interviews, their president resigned. Um, so in that sense, I'm sure the front office is cha- more chaotic than normal. Um, but yeah, it. I would say if they had come out and said, hey, uh, we're not going to talk today, but we'll have a press conference on Thursday or on Wednesday, it might have been a little better. And it, if they still do that, um It'll be a little better, but yeah, the optics of it aren't great when you send um, a whole bunch of young guys and 
one-year contract veterans out there, like I said, 15 hours removed from <laughs> your president quitting out of nowhere in a impromptu press conference. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing. At the very least, I think Rob should have went out there, maybe say, hey, I'm not going to take any questions about magic or something. But it it just wasn't – it wasn't the wise move. But, I mean, that's fitting of what the Lakers have been this year. And the only reason I'm not, like, dead set on either one of Rob and Luke coming back is the fact that they didn't because I think if – Management was at all confident that they were the guys to lead the organization beyond the Magic Johnson era. They probably would have came out to clean the mess because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's their job. Uh, But the fact that they didn't makes me think that Jeannie herself isn't quite sure what she's going to do yet. Um, So that, that was a big issue to me. And I hope that somebody comes out and says something sooner rather than later. Cause right now we're getting reporters asking Mike Muscala, um, what he's going to do to recruit free agents to the Lakers. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. I, I don't know if that was just like a troll question, which if it was, that was brilliant, but I don't think it was. I think it's just reporters saying like, listen, man, we need answers from somebody. You're here. Give us what you got. <laughs> I did not watch the Mike Muscala portion of today's exit interview, so I don't know who asked it, but yeah, it was, uh, I saw Harrison, I think, tweet it, and it was just like, why are we asking Mike Muscala? Like, the poor man has already taken a beating from all the fans as is, like, just let him go in peace. Um, and we, we, they, the Lakers touched on a few subjects, um, during their exit interviews today, uh, we mentioned today that LeBron James didn't talk. I don't know if he will talk like at all. He gave a few interviews already with Ali Clifton. Um, who was the other one he get, he gave an interview with? Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Jim Hill, I think. You're right. CBS. Um, so he's done both of those interviews today. I mean, uh, over the past week, pretty cut and dry. His message to Lakers fans is, you know, I'm here for at least two years. We're going to try to build this thing up as far as we can. I want my jersey retired and the Lakers are out. There's yada, 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 all that good stuff. Uh, the players that were there today uh, had, I thought, some interesting things to say. And a face that we haven't seen in quite some time is Brandon Ingram, who got shut down with, like, I want to say 15 games left in the season. Uh, due to blood clots, and thankfully, uh, it looks, it sounds like he's gonna be all right. But man, does he really miss playing basketball? <laughs> uh, just hearing him, hearing him talk. So this is one of his, one of my favorite quotes from his exit interview. He says, "Quote: I've caught myself relaxing a little bit too much, just laying around the house. After surgery, I was pretty sore. I couldn't pick up anything with my right arm." I'm still limited to pick up certain things. The recovery has taken a toll, but from day to day, I felt better. I started physical therapy about two weeks ago, and so I've been feeling better from there. I think the process is just moving pretty fast for me. I felt pretty good, which is great. I'd love to hear that Brandon Ingram is doing well. He's probably my favorite player of the young core, 
not just because I think he's pretty damn good, but he just he's he seems like he, you know, eats, sleeps and breathes basketball, which is. Yeah, I think that's an important part of the team, like an important guy to have on your team. I I caught myself basically smiling the whole time he was talking. <laughs> Part of it was just because I missed seeing Brandon Ingram play basketball. Um, but, yeah, it was nice to see him in good spirits. Um, it sounds like everything's going to be okay, um, which just is like him as a person and just it is great to hear, let alone him, the basketball player. So, um in that regard, I was I was happy to hear that. But yeah, he <laughs> he really really wanted to play basketball. Um, he said like he hadn't picked up a ball in a month basically since the injury, um, which I can only imagine how hard that is for any professional basketball player. Right. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, I found the quote here. The one quote I I took from his. Um, interview he said it's given me a better perspective on life itself without basketball I have no idea what to do when I get back in the gym it's going to be exciting for me just to pick up a basketball so I'm excited for him I'm glad everything's going to work out for him I was happy to see him again Um, because you could tell he really missed the game and and really wants to be back with the team and he was playing so well like right before he got injured and the most promising part of all of that was not just the fact that he was playing well. It was that he was playing well alongside LeBron James because at the beginning of the season, it didn't look like they were going to be able to coexist. Their on-off-court numbers were pretty terrible. Um, but as soon as the All-Star break, I, I hate the narrative that the young guys just kind of shut down after the All-Star break, uh, especially mm-hmm. when it pertains to Brandon Ingram because I don't know what clicked inside of him. But it seemed like as soon as the Anthony Davis trade saga started, he just took it to another level. Like it was kind of he had, you know, how Kobe Bryant had that amnesty that game. He did that for like two months. He was so good. Um, Obviously, people will talk about how his three point efficiency uh, in the volume in which he takes three pointers isn't quite where they want it to be yet. And I'm in that group too. I think just becoming a respectable three point shooter is going to open up his game a lot, but man, the fact that he was able to average damn near 28 points per game without a three point jump shot and being a, just a decent free throw shooter, it, it gives me so much hope uh, to the player. He's going to come back and be next season. Assuming he makes that full recovery this summer. It's almost like he was mad at the Pelicans for not considering him good enough to trade for. And he was like, all right, guys, well, watch this. And, like, in a span of a month, made them look ridiculous. Jason Tatum who? Yeah, exactly. He's like, you all want to talk about holding off to Jason Tatum? Well, watch this. And then went out and looked every bit as good as Jason Tatum ever has. Um, Yeah, he was so much fun. It was almost a curse with this team. Anytime anybody started playing well – they were something went wrong. I felt or I was scared to death for Caruso the last two weeks of the year because he was what? playing so well. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's that's a Grant's thing too. Like every time we'd praise a guy on the pod, like next week they'd be done. So yeah. hopefully he, that doesn't carry over with you because that was that was very much a thing with Grant. Hopefully I'm not a curse. No, <laughs> uh, good thing I'm starting in the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean. 
Ingram was a ton of fun to watch. I'm, I'm, there were so many questions about him early in the year, which, I mean, to me, were a bit unfair. He's a new guy playing in a – or he's playing with a new teammate in a new role, and we were looking at, like, 15-game sample sizes, which is – it was just not fair to anybody. He figured it out. Same with Lonzo. Um, they really both figured things out this year and really – I mean, to me, really kind of established themselves as the the building blocks of the future. And Lonzo's another guy we haven't heard from in quite some time. And hearing from Lonzo right now is probably as interesting as it's been since he's been drafted, uh, in part because of all of the drama surrounding his family, his dad, uh, and his former business partner, Alan Foster, who he's in a lawsuit right, with right now. By God, is that a mouthful. Um <laughs> Poor Lonzo, uh, but he sounds like he's doing all right. He's still a few weeks away from returning to the floor, which I I said he was going to be out two months uh, when that original diagnosis came out. Looks like it's going to be a little closer to three before he gets back on the court and s- starts doing anything, which is insane. But you know, as long as he doesn't have to to undergo surgery or you know miss any more time in the off season, that's great because I know you and I, because of the other job that we have uh, with USA today, sports media groups, Lonzo wire. Um, the thing that we've been pushing for Lonzo to have this season and what's so important is that full off season where he can work on his game, uh, get his body, right. That lower body uh, figure things, some out, figure some things out off the court as well. Um, you know, just having that, that time away from basketball, having that time to himself to just blossom into the player, uh, that a lot of fans are hoping he he can be for the Lakers. I still can't get over the fact that the training staff said it was four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I was going through his quotes to, or this evening and saw where he still said he's. I think a couple weeks away is the words he used or a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tweeted out, I mean, even if we're going to go conservative and say that it's just two weeks until he'll be back on the court, that would be 13 weeks after his injury. And they said it'd be a four to six week injury. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, it was never that. Cause I wrote an article for Alonzo wire breaking down the injury history of guys uh, with that sprain, uh, the grade three ankle sprain. And those guys were out for 10 to 12 weeks. And that's not even taking into account that bone bruise they discovered in the process. So yeah, the, him coming back this season was always unrealistic, but again, it just goes back to, you know, it doesn't matter him coming back. Wouldn't have made a huge difference to their playoff odds. I thought that 46 wins would get the Lakers into the playoffs. And the final standings are done now. So let me pull them up. But I am pretty sure that was not the case. Uh, So, yeah, the Clippers finished with 48 wins, uh, 14 games above 500. And that's just not something I saw happening for the Lakers. I mean, you could make the argument that if the Lakers have 12 more wins or however many more, it would have been 10 more wins that – they would have chipped them off a couple different places. Maybe the Clippers would have been down to 46 or another team. But, mm. yeah, I mean, this, this I just, is – It, it expected, wasn't going to happen. 
Yeah, I expected more of a fight for the eighth seed than there ever ended up being. I think we all did. The Kings and the Lakers both just fell off the map. I, which I'm, I'm pretty bummed that the Kings aren't going to be in the playoffs. I thought they were lots of fun, especially with Marvin Bagley playing the way he was. Like seeing him have a coming out party in the playoffs would have been so fun to watch with Darren Fox and Buddy Heald playing the way they have. It's it's just a tragedy. I, I enjoy watching the Clippers just fine, especially now that Zoo's there. Uh, but, boy, do I not want to watch the Spurs play. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, uh, it, maybe it's just those years of the playoff rivalry, but, God, I just don't like watching the Spurs. I have no interest in, in watching that team. I It's just they – I get it. They play good basketball. They're well coached. Oh God, like we get it, okay? And I think it would be, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I just don't. I don't know half of their roster. Like I know who they are, <laughs> but whenever I'm playing 2K and I do the trade finder tool, and the Spurs make an offer with like Bryn Forbes and Derek White, I'm just like, ah, I would. I'll take is that Sam. guy good? I don't even know <laughs> yeah. who he is. Like, it's uh. So yeah, I'm not I'm not looking forward to that that series. But um, back back to what we came here to talk about: the Lakers, who won't be playing in the postseason uh, for the sixth year in a row. Um, Ugh. I know it hurts. It hurt coming out. I wish I didn't have to say it, but um, Kyle Kuzma seems pretty confident that they'll be back next season uh which i i understand his logic is the same logic that i think everybody in the locker room's been using uh, somebody asked if he thinks that the young guys and lebron james can compete for a championship next season and his answer was well we were the fourth seed when all this happened so yeah which i get but like the games that separated the fourth seed and the 11th seed at that time were like two, three games. So yeah, somebody know. had said recently in that, I mean, yeah, we all keep putting back that they're the fourth seed, but they were closer to being the 10th seed than they were the first seed. <laughs> right. I think, and I think more than anything, and LeBron James pointed this out. I think what you can point to more than the fact that they were the fourth seed is that game against golden state. Like I understand you yeah. can catch golden state on a bad night, but the, the way they played, the way they dismantled the Warriors on their home court, and just the way they were playing basketball on both ends of the floor, just completely locked in. On it, the biggest it, night of the year, of the regular season. Yeah, it, it just gave you that feeling that, you know, these guys, these, this is the team you do not want to see in the first round because once they're locked in, it, it, once they're buying into that game plan, um, they know how to manipulate teams and it's by playing really hard nosed defense. And at the time, again, they were a top five defensive team. Uh, thanks to no s- small part to Luke Walton, uh, which I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, and I hope, um, you know, whether it's next season or this season, he gets a little more credit for it. Uh, but Kyle Kuzma said a, a few other things that I was interested in, um, particularly about his three point shooting. And I, I appreciated his self-awareness because he acknowledged that this year wasn't the greatest for him in terms of three point shooting. Um, He said that a lot of his problems with three point shooting were in his own head. Uh, Mm -hmm. He said shooting is 
more about your mental, obviously muscle memory, but your mental. Some nights I was confident. Some nights you're going to miss a few and not be as confident. But that's one area I'm going to work on this summer, having a consistent base and how I shoot and balance. Next year, I fully expect to be a totally different shooter, which I think is what the Lakers are hoping for. Because I think going into this season, they were kind of banking on him uh, improving or at least maintaining that 37.6% three-point shooting, uh, and he didn't. And, and I get it. Luke Walton's offensive scheme might have not generated the best looks for Kuzma or you know guys like Reggie, who also digressed as soon as they, I don't know, breathed the air in L.A. Um, but Kuzma shot 31.9% on wide-open three-point attempts this year. Wide open, like nobody guarding him, wide open three-point shots. And if, if if that doesn't say, like, if that doesn't spell out a guy being in his own head or, you know, a guy that can't get out of his own way, I don't know what does. Because last season, same stat, 39% on wide open three-point attempts, which is uh, about as much as you can ask for. I think the quote he had, I remember it was a Sixers game. I can't remember when earlier in the year was it. He had changed his shot like six times or something like Which that. Is crazy. Yeah. I mean, even then you could tell he was overthinking it. Um, so, yeah, I think he he hit the nail on the head. He, he overthought it. He got in his own head. And he basically was trying to do too much, which on to some extent I can't blame him. He was about the only – Thing close to a consistent scoring threat the Lakers had a right. lot of nights um, and, and, until and the end of defense, the year. In his defense, he is a very talented scorer because even in spite of that, he was the second leading scorer uh, with 18.7 uh, points per game. And for like, since he came into the league, he's been among the leading scorers in his class. Last year, he finished second. This year, he finished fifth, I think, believe. If I can recall off of the top of my head, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markkinen, John Collins, who has been fantastic this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to John Collins. And, oh, God, I'm missing somebody. Um, but, yeah, those those are the three I know for sure off of the top of my head. Um, he Probably is, Tatum. Tatum might have been up there. You know, I, but I don't think Tatum, like, for as good as he is, I don't know if – he's putting up those types of numbers this year. I think the infatuation with Tatum is that like he's efficient in, in his scoring. Uh, and that he was 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that he's a newborn child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no Tatum's only at 15.7 hmm. uh, on 45% shooting from the field and 37.3%. I don't know, man. I like Tatum and everything, but he's not, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. So, uh, Jason, what were they calling him? Jason Christ on Twitter. That sounds, that sounds right. Um, I like Kuz. I think, I think he's a good player. I know I I get into it with Anthony a lot, which who doesn't get into it with Anthony a lot. (laughs) Join the, join the crowd. Of course, we're talking about, uh, Anthony Irwin, our friend over at silver screen and roll. Um, Anthony's problem with Kuzma is that, he, I guess, hypes himself up. Like, he's very much a guy that's like, I got a chip on my shoulder. I work very hard. Uh, 
to prove myself in this league, you know, all, all the cliches that sports journalists hurt, hate. Um, but I, I mean, I don't blame him as long as he's producing on the court. That's, that's all fine and dandy with me. Say whatever you want. As long as you're giving it, you're all on the court. And I think with the exception of his defense and even that effort has shown up this season, um, I, I can't recall nights this season watching Kyle Kuzma and saying like that guy isn't playing hard enough, um, at least on offense. Again, his defense is a little wishy-washy, but man, I, when he's hot and when his shots are falling, LeBron James is probably the only player uh, on the team more fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Kuzma is somehow at times taken a bad rap for having – a chip on his shoulder, which... Like Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was a, a lower drafted pick. He came out of Utah. I mean, it's not like he's been this highly touted guy all along. And, I mean, like you said, I don't mind what motivation you use. I mean, he plays hard. Um, and even defensively, he was, for the first 15 games this year, asked to be the center. And there weren't any complaints about that. So, I mean, um, or at least there weren't any complaints from him about that. So, I mean, I enjoy Kuzma. I think at times maybe there's a little too much hype around him. But, I mean, so be it. He's he's a fun guy to root for. Um, I think he's established himself as a integral piece of this young core. Um, I still think that he... Could I wouldn't be surprised if he retreated this um, this off season, but um, he's a good player and he's going to have a long career in the league um, because he's a kind of a unique player with his size that's able to shoot. Um, so yeah, I enjoy Kuzma, I enjoy, and I think part of the reason he gets so much—I don't even know if it's hype—but I mean, like we saw today, he's so well spoken to the media, and, right? Um, that all of the media love him and they seek him out for the quotes because they know they're going to be good ones. So, I mean, um, I think he's, he, he's a good guy to have, I don't want to say as a face of the franchise, although today he basically was, um, but a good guy to have kind of as a voice for the team in some regard. Yeah. And I think when you take all things into consideration, you can probably make the argument that Kyle Kuzma has the most trade value out of everyone in the young core right now. Um, and when I say take everything into consideration, you look at guys like Brandon Ingram, uh, obviously his existing health concerns right now. Uh, it's it's we're obviously pulling him for him to make a full recovery. Uh, but with these things, you just don't know. But even aside from that, we talk about how injury prone Lonzo is. Uh, but since Ingram's rookie season, he hasn't played more than 60 games, played 59 games in his sophomore season and 52 games in uh, his junior season, which was his past season. Um, add that to the fact that he really didn't break out until this season. Uh, and, you know, that value goes down a little bit. Lonzo, I think the the concerns are pretty spelled out. Uh, can't seem to stay healthy. Played 52 games in his freshman year, 47 games in his sophomore season. And then you take into account all the stuff uh, that he, he brings off the court with LeVar and the whole ball family circus. Um, and 
you know, that's that's really easy to say without any evidence. But I mean, there have been anonymous West Conference, uh, anonymous NBA executives saying like, you know, I'd have some pause trading for him for those same reasons. So uh, Josh Hart, same thing. Injury concern uh, is a little bit on the older side. Kyle Kuzma, I think you have those intangibles. You have that production on the court. Um, if the Lakers were going to make a trade this summer, if you're selling on production alone, not upside, I think Kyle Kuzma is your best bet at the blue chipper prospect, which you know may speak to the assets that they have, or it could just speak to the type of prospect Kyle Kuzma is. It may be... I mean, uh, I'm trying to, to word this right. For I, We all hope Ingram is fine, obviously, but it may almost be a blessing in disguise for Laker fans that this injury is almost certainly going to keep him here. Right. Um, and I was going to say that I was going to say that earlier in the show, but I was I was uh, I was also trying to tiptoe my way around it because obviously it's a really sensitive issue. Yeah. But if it's going to keep Brandon Ingram in a Lakers uniform for another season, then so be it. Yeah, and we, I mean, we all saw, and I don't think there's a Laker fan, I mean, there probably is, at this point, <laughs> that wouldn't want him on the team, um, based on what we saw the last month or so, or however many weeks it was, um, that he was actually on the court, because he was incredible. So, but yeah, I mean, that injury is very scary. It's what cost Chris Bosh his career. Um, so, I mean, that has plummeted. I don't think he probably has much trade value at all at this point. Um, and yeah, Lonzo has struggled with injuries himself. So Kuzma has a lot of value. It'll be interesting to see what they do at this point, because, um, as much fun as Kuzma is, there were questions throughout a lot of the year about whether Kuzma and Ingram can both be on the court at the same time and how you fit them with LeBron. Mm -hmm. Um, It was always a clunky fit. Um, They didn't share the three of them. I don't think shared the court a whole lot. It wasn't great when they did. Most of it was with Kuzma playing a small ball five lineup basically. So, I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, Kuzma was traded for a piece that is a more natural fit um, next to LeBron, and it, depending on if we get another free agent. But yeah, I mean, as is, Kuzma's a lot of fun. I was happy to see him, as we said, be kind of self-aware of his own um, weaknesses this year, and to do it within hours of the season ending means that he's willing to accept his weaknesses and and work on them. Um, So I'm really, I mean, he's someone that's going to get in the gym and is going to work as hard as he can to improve. There's nothing you can fault him with there. We heard it all last summer. So I'm really interested to see if he is with the team um, going forward and into next season. I'm interested to see how he improves, whether he and what he improves on. If he just focuses on his jumper, I know there was a lot of talk about him being more of a ball handler this year. Right. Um, that's kind of hard to work on in a gym by yourself. Um, 
but I'll be interested to see what he improves on because he's a talented player that brings a unique skill set that not many in the league have. Um, and if he's with the Lakers, they'll need him to be a better three-point shooter. There won't be any more excuses, really, that they can afford moving forward. They can't afford another 30% three-point shooting year. Jacob, Grant and I would typically end the games with, uh, or end our podcast with game predictions, but seeing as there aren't any games left to predict, uh, I want to challenge you uh, by asking you to give me one series you think uh, a team will be able to upset in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And the playoff picture is now officially set. So playoff seating set. Um, I'll start off because, and I, I don't want it to come off as me just bagging on the Celtics. Although I do love doing that. <laughs> But was I was the would, first series I looked at. <laughs> I would not be surprised if Indiana took down Boston, mostly because I really like Indiana. I think they're a well-coached team. I think they're the fact that you, we talk about injuries all the time, but Indiana lost their star player and wound up in the fifth seed because they're just a damn good organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. credit to them. So. Uh, Indiana upsetting Boston in the first round. That's the one I'm going to go with. I'm sorry if I took yours, but there is always the Western Conference. Uh, It might be kind of sacrilege to say it on this podcast, but OKC over Portland. Um, Partially because the Nurkic injury just completely changes what Portland is. I don't know. Scott LeBizier uh, had quite the game. <laughs> Good point. I had not accounted for Anthony Simons and Scott LeBizier in this uh, prediction. Did he uh, say <laughs> The OKC has been pretty bad for long stretches of this year, but they're also a team, I think, that is built more for the playoffs. Um, they have a couple of all-NBA caliber guys that can go toe-to-toe with Portland's guys, so um, that's going to be a a fun series. I enjoy watching Russ from a distance. I would not want him anywhere on a team I rooted for, (laughs) but I enjoy watching Russ, especially in playoff games, so I'm looking forward to that. I I used to like Paul George a lot more. Um, He's he's still fun to watch. Yeah, I, I loved him when he was in Indiana, and even his first year in OKC, I'm coming back around to him. It took me a while, but I still do enjoy watching Paul George. Yeah, there there are games like, uh, especially now that the tank hit, or well, it's over now. The Lakers are gonna pick. Actually, I I never checked the results of that game. Are the Lakers locked into that 11th spot, or did Minnesota win? Yeah, they they're locked in. Ah, uh, well, that's too bad. Minnesota just super super tanked. <sighs> That's unfortunate. Um, point being, uh, when when the Lakers were in the thick of the tank race, uh, assuming they were, they've won like a weird amount of games since being eliminated from playoff contention. Um, Six and four in their last ten. Yeah, that's gonna cost them. Uh, Brandon Clark, isn't it? Um, anyway, uh, my point is when I was watching games, hoping for other teams to win uh, so the Lakers could 
continue their fall from grace in the standings. Um, I caught a few Thunder games, and <sighs> Paul George is so good. Like, yeah. if, the, if Paul George was on the Lakers, I think even in spite of the LeBron James injury, they probably would have been in the playoffs. It's yeah. Kind of, it's a little take. Oh, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I, I think it's if they would have had LeBron and PG healthy, I mean, that's easily a top four seed. Um, In an alternate universe. Man, now I'm getting angry at Paul George again <laughs> for that damn documentary last So, time. So this is where we'll end the podcast before it gets ugly. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, we've been doing it. For over 20 episodes now, which is is pretty crazy. Uh, sorry we didn't get to do a show last week. I was doing a little mini vacation in Big Bear with my girlfriend. Um, and But I'm happy to be back. We'll have more episodes for you coming up this summer uh, where we'll t- touch on uh, more subjects, including a few comments from Exit Interviews today. Uh, and until then, Jacob, thanks so much for taking your time and doing this podcast with me. Thanks for having me. And we will see you all next time.